0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 313 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, April 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com. And RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, of course, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. Uh, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Team Focus shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke, and uh, those are all together, of course, on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. Uh, Make sure you're checking out Locked on Raptors on there and subscribing to it as well, separately. Uh, If you leave a rating or a review, i will be forever indebted to you. It's the best way to help out the show, and I very much appreciate it. Uh, And without further ado, let's get into the second half of our Raptors season-end awards. Uh, Joined again by Sahal Abbey and Vivek Jacob. No, we didn't just record this immediately after we did the first half yesterday. Not at all. Uh, Let's get into this, guys, because you guys are kind of pressed for time here. So let's uh, get to the seventh award, the first of the second half. Let's go to most annoying opposing team that the Raptors played this year. Uh, Marcus Morris went home with most annoying opposing player. Uh, Let's do the whole team award now as well. And this was super close. There were seven different teams that got votes in this ballot. Uh, Bringing up the rear, the Orlando Magic got a point. The Brooklyn Nets got two points. The uh, LA Clippers got two. The Cavs, Heat, and Wizards all got three. And, of course... The Boston Celtics, those dastardly Celtics, are the number one most annoying opposing team for the Raptors this season. Uh, once again, we each got three votes, and uh, the points are corresponding to where we put them in our, in our ballots. Uh, just to refresh you on the rules, and the Celtics with four points are number one. I didn't have them on my ballot. Vivek had him third. Sahal had him first. Uh, so a bit sort of uh, all over the place here. But Sahal, let's go with you. Why did you have the Celtics number one on your most annoying opposing team ballot? I'm sure this will be a very hard case to make.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> um, why did I not have them number one? If there was a number I could have chose. if I could have chose zero, like I don't know, man. The Boston Celtics, they get under my skin more than any other, t- any other team. Um, the fact that they've been. Um, I guess they've had just I guess you could say uh, just as much success I guess as the Raptors have had in terms of uh, regular season and uh, maybe not as much as in playoffs uh, compared to the Raptors but um, they've been good enough uh, to the point where every time the Raptors face them in the regular season um, it's always a game everyone has to tune into um, there's usually little scraps and little altercations that go on Um We've been battling for the number one seed just about uh, all season. Um, The Boston Celtics, you could probably say they're our biggest rivals, I think you could say. Um, Mm. I don't really like, I'm not really fond, I guess you could say, of the Boston fan base. (laughs) Uh, That's probably known if you follow me on Twitter. Um, But Boston for me is definitely the most annoying opposing team. Um, and they're, that matchup for me is probably one of the most compelling for the Raptors um, in the last couple of years you can say so that's why I had them number one
1: all good points I didn't have them on my ballot because I felt like the games this season weren't quite as annoying as they have been in the past and like I think the Raptors just owning their shit a couple times kind of made them less annoying to me. Um, my case for the Heat being number one was mostly just Goran Dragic being a little prick, <laughs> and, uh, and just like the close games they played, the Heat are just like this annoying, not very talented team that like uh, they're just like a more tryhardy version of the Celtics almost. Um, And just like they're really well coached and get into you and like Bam at a bile will go off for a bunch of points. And Hassan Whiteside sucks, but happens to get stats against the Raptors as well. Um, So that's why I had the number one. Vivek, you had Cleveland. What was your case for Cleveland?
3: I'm just so tired of them posting (laughs) through the regular season. Yeah. And so people thinking that, oh, the Raptors should be better than the Cavs. Now look at their record. And it's like, no, the Cavs are good whenever they want to be good and suck whenever they just don't care. Yeah. So, you saw that in their sort of season series where when they played them with Isaiah Thomas, they absolutely destroyed them, but obviously that means nothing now. You saw the game where LeBron basically pitched a perfect game with 35 points, 17 assists, and zero turnovers. Yeah. And, you know, that's something he's never done before. And then you look at the other game where... Uh, which was probably the most discouraging because the Raptors sort of looked like a bit like the old Raptors in terms of being overawed by that atmosphere in Cleveland and the LeBron factor and whatnot. So, um, yeah, just they annoy me more than anyone. I would love to just see the Raptors exercise those demons and beat them in the playoffs because technically now they don't have to win in Cleveland to win the series. So,
1: yeah. That's uh, that's encouraging. I, I do agree that the discourse around a Raptors cav game is like, certainly the most frustrating and awful of any uh, discourse. I mean, the Celtics, whatever, too. But like, like with the the Raptors and Cavs, it's. Anytime the Raptors win, oh, the Cavs were trying. Anytime the Raptors lose, it's, oh, the Raptors are the same old Raptors. It's April, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And it's just it's very reductive reasoning that takes place with uh, any Raptors-Cavs game. So uh, I think they're worthy of second place. The Wizards, of course, are in there as well. Won a bunch of games with John Wall this season. That was stupid. Um, But the Celtics, I think, are deserving winners of the title. The only title they will win this year. Uh, Let's go on to uh, game of the year. Uh, this one also a consensus uh, pick Or the first consensus pick of this half of the podcast We had a few on the last half uh, The number one game of the year We all chose Raptors over Rockets at home To end the Rockets What was it? 17 game winning streak uh, And the Raptors were awesome in that game Their defense was excellent late in the game Even though the offense kind of sputtered It was beautiful the, the ACC was absolutely bonkers Sahal uh, Recollections of this game against the Rockets And, and why you had it number one
2: Wow, um, game of the year for me. Raptors, Rockets. I think I've never been so confident in the Raptors uh, heading into this game that they were actually going to pull out the win, mm-hmm. um, because the Raptors were on uh, a very, very big high themselves. Of course, the Rockets. Everyone was talking about their 17 game winning streak. Um, completely, completely. I was completely fine with that. That was like the biggest headline going in. Um, the Rockets completely deserve that. They've been absolutely phenomenal all season long. Um, but I think the Raptors, uh, Drake being, in, you know, being there, and just um, I think the national coverage it was getting uh, going into the game and during the game, and um, and then the Raptors pulling out the win in, in that type of fashion in such a close game. The Trevor Ariza inbound um, with Drake talking in the back of his ear, probably whispering. <laughs> His latest or his newest track or something something was going on there, but um, it was it was honestly an incredible game to watch. I was out with my guys watching the game, um, and it was uh, everyone was going crazy. Uh, so it was it was a fun, very fun experience to see, um, and it was kind of a moment for the Raptors where uh, and their fans where it was like, wow, this team is this is like this is this team's really good. Like this team finally has that one, I guess you could say, win uh, that really uh, maybe saved for the Cavs' blowout when the Raptors blew them out by 40, but I think that that win was really the um, kind of hallmark win of the season for the Raptors.
1: That was very much the the peak of the, the states are actually covering the Raptors now, so please shut up about it. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, was, yeah uh, that. That, that was. I put an yeah. end to that discussion as well uh, we all had the same number two as well with the DeMar putting up 52 against the Bucks in overtime that game kicked a lot of ass uh, the other games that got in here were the, the, the 34 point blowout of the Cavs and then the Warriors lost at home which Vivek had his, as his number three which is hard to argue with despite it being a loss that game was incredible um Vivek, why did you have the uh, the Bucks game number two? We all did, but like, give us the case for that one. And like that game was so great, and Demar just played out of his goddamn tree. Like I don't know, just regale me with tales of that game.
3: So I think to start that game, the Bucks were sort of playing it saying. You know, okay, we know that DeMar can do this whole passing thing now, so we're gonna take that away, and we're gonna let DeMar do his one-on-one thing, and we're gonna beat you that way. And so you saw a lot of sort of the old Raptors, but it didn't matter, because DeMar is this new DeMar that can shoot threes now, and so, um, you know, he shot five of nine from three, got to the line 13 times, made all 13 free throws. And he still had eight assists so um the, this is peak demar now where you're seeing a guy that can pick apart a defense and if, if you're just gonna let, uh, let him do the scoring then he'll do that and then as soon as you collapse on him he's gonna find a teammate and i thought this encapsulated everything that he can do um to completely shred a defense and you know even towards the end of the game when it went to overtime you saw him trusting teammates to make shots uh you know he had that big swing to Kyle Lowry to make the three to tie it um and then they go into the overtime and then they win it so uh did other than that I mean you you look at the efficiency as well 17 of 29 from the field um I don't think there's much else that he could have done uh and and I think this was pretty much peak mvp when he was just mm-hmm. going through a bunch of those games he had the 45 against Philly as well so um this was just one of those crazy stretches that demar had it was almost reminiscent of uh the start of the 2016-17 season when he was breaking mj records so yeah the the three point shooting as well you know if that can come back a little bit more in the playoffs i think it holds well for an extremely long playoff
1: run. The fact that it all came on Chris Middleton's head top, too, was pretty nice.
3: <laughs> yep, definitely.
1: Uh And then also, Kyle Lowry had a great game in that game as well. He had 26 points on 7-13. He was 5-10 of 10 from deep. He was awesome, um, and I, I thought... OG had a very strange stat line, just 1.6 rebounds and 2 assists, but his defense on Giannis was very real. He was a plus 16, a team best plus 16 in that game. Um, just a lot of great stuff and kind of a lot of the stuff that was emblematic of the, the new Raptors while also kind of harkening back a little bit to when... You know, the, the days where when Demar and Kyle played really well, the Raptors would win. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that Cavs game as well, I sh- we should touch on it quickly. we got to move on a little bit here. But that Cavs game, uh, I remember watching that game at home. And I had the ESPN broadcast on because it was more fun. Um, uh, and my girlfriend came in like midway through the third quarter. And she's like, wow, you're letting out a lot of your like, the Raptors are really good giggles tonight. <laughs> I was pretty much... <laughs> The summary of that game i just was giggling all night long uh so congratulations to the raptors win over the rockets on winning game of the year this season taking the title from i'm pretty sure that game against the bulls last year where the raptors broke the curse because that game was insane uh
0: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date locked on NBA available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: let's go on the biggest surprise of the year Uh, this one was a very close vote uh, Fred Van Vliet ends up coming away with his second award. He won Sixth Man of the Year, also biggest surprise. He gets six points. Jonas Valanciunas and Pascal Siakam both get three points, as well as OG Ananobi with three. And then Dwayne Casey gets one point. Uh, so how we haven't talked about Dwayne Casey much. You had Dwayne Casey third on your ballot. We'll get to Fred in a second, but what was your case for having Casey on this
2: list? Um, Dwayne Casey, I, I wrote a piece about him in uh, early December um, about how he entered the upper... I guess you could say the upper echelon of of NBA coaches uh, this season. Um, He's a definite Coach of the Year candidate. But before all of that, I think Dwayne Casey going into the year had some of the most pressure, maybe out of all NBA coaches. Um, Masai Ujiri made it clear publicly that he wanted to see change, not only in the system, but just the culture, how the Raptors were ran. Um, So that's tough. Um, When you're GM, you're president, is talking about uh, he wants to see some, um, you know, franchise-wide change and he's putting the majority of that on Dwayne Casey um, and his coaching staff. I think uh, Dwayne had a whole lot to deal with on his shoulders going into the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only did he completely change the system, I think a lot of that of course had to do with uh, guys like Nick Nurse, I don't want to take take anything away from his assistant coaches. Um, at all. Cause they've been just as good as doing Casey this year and, and helping him along the way. But I think Dwayne leading that, that staff, um, changing the system, um, sticking to certain goals that he had this year, like, uh, resting Kyle Lowry or keeping him at a certain amount of minutes. DeMar DeRozan's minutes were, were down a little bit this year, not as much, but still down. Um, and I think him utilizing the bench like he did him, just, um, improving on things that, uh, Raptors fans have been complaining about for years um, the creativity of the system um, uh, his time management hasn't really been as big of an issue so for me Dwayne Casey sticking through all of that and then sustaining throughout the whole season and keeping things the same uh, that for me was the biggest surprise because I had the feeling that yes he would he would change all these things and then he would go back to old Dwayne Casey where Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are 43 minutes a game and um, for certain stretches of the season and um, but he stuck to he stuck to his uh, he stuck to his goals he stuck to what he was gonna say so for me that's why he was the biggest uh, uh, one of the biggest surprises this season for me
1: yeah, the thing with Casey was that he kind of knocked down every challenge as it came across him. Like, started the season, yeah. no one thought the offense was going to stick the way it was. And then it did, for the most part, until the last five minutes of games. And then everyone thought, oh, this is just going to be the crunch time offense now. And as the season evolved, the the crunch time offense got better and a little bit more refined. And that, that concern kind of went away. There was the issue about, it, like, oh, is, the, is he going to keep Kyle Lowry fresh? Like, he certainly did that. And I think just the... The, the growth over the course of the season and just sort of the consistency that you got was was really impressive. So, I totally buy having Casey on this list. Vivek, you had OG Ananobi number one. And without Fred VanVleet even on your list, explain that decision.
3: So, the number one reason I don't have Fred VanVleet on the list is because I watched VanVleet all of last year in the G League, and before the season began, I don't know if you guys remember, I wrote a piece about VanVleet and Alon Wright sort of and how they were going to be neck and neck and how it was going to be a real battle for between the two of them for minutes and that both of them would be playing on the court together at the same time as well so I don't want to brag a little bit but I did expect Van Vliet <laughs> yeah, back. We uh, you're, you're, you
1: Fred Van Vliet yeah, hipster over
2: here I remember that, uh, that piece you wrote too
3: <clears throat> yeah and so you know none of it, None of what he's done this season has really surprised me. Um, maybe I would say, if anything, it would be the closing games where he's been a member of the closing unit. I would have probably guessed someone like CJ or Norm before the season. So um, so that's been a bit of a surprise, but not enough to warrant a top three spot anyway. Um, and so with OG, again, this is based off expectations going into the season. You know this is someone that out of the draft was not expected to be around till December January and now he he's playing preseason games he's starting 12 games in you look at the defense on guys like James Harden even now to close the season on Oladipo just completely shutting him down Um, and I think the three-point shooting that we saw at the beginning and now what he's starting to do as well that's been a big surprise for me I, I and even some of his passing he's got you know he, he shows that IQ where you know he puts the ball on the floor and you know whether it, go, it goes strong to the rim or he dishes it off to a teammate that's something that I think really can elevate his ceiling and potentially over you know the next four or five years maybe make him an all-star
1: mm-hmm uh, all good points as well I feel kind of bad not having him on my list as well I kind of forgot about him <laughs> but Fred Van Vliet <laughs> wins either way I was shocked by Fred Van Vliet being as good as he was this season we've kind of talked about him a lot so far on these podcasts. we got to move on. So congrats to Fred on the the double hardware as the Raptors' biggest surprise this season. Let's move on now to the second-to-last award, most improved, which uh, could just kind of go to everybody if you wanted to give it to them. Um, The winner of this award, in a very close vote, Jonas Valanciunas with seven points, DeMar DeRozan got six, Pascal Siakam four, Fred VanVleet one. Uh, I had Jonas one. I'll explain that. I just think... He was the guy I least expected to make any sort of growth, but the, like, the guy I least expected to fit into the new system, um, and he did it. Like he, the, the defensive scheme was kind of altered a little bit to sort of maybe better suit his strengths, and he did a really good job of just being a passable defender, at times a good defender, uh, particularly around the rim, and sort of making it justifiable to have him on the court. In important moments. He closed games more often this season than he ever has. Uh, I think the sort of move away from him being just like a, like a post-up machine where like every touch he got was some sort of engineered post-up and him being more of a pick-and-roll guy and even a pick-and-pop guy hitting threes, um, like I think that is all stuff I didn't really expect to happen with him. I thought he had the the skill set, especially in the pick and roll, to be an incredible scorer there. But I just didn't know, and that like obviously that plays into Demar and Kyle as well, and the trust between those two uh, and and Valanchunas, But I just thought JV's lack of passing and his sort of issues defensively in the past were going to be kind of insurmountable. And I was wrong. Like I'll eat the crow there. He was awesome this year. Uh, we'll get to him in the next award as well, talking about him. But. I just thought his improvements were the most surprising of anybody's. I had DeMar too, I think. And Sahal, you, Sahal, you, you had him number one, so maybe you can explain uh, why you had him there. But I, I thought DeMar was excellent. I just think Jonas was a bit more surprising in terms of his growth, where maybe with DeMar you just kind of expect growth at this point. But Sahal, why did you have in number one?
2: I think DeMar, um, he was coming off an All-NBA year last mm-hmm. year. Um, a lot of people thought uh, he was so good but at the same time that maybe this is his peak as a player maybe he's reached his peak and maybe he's going to stay at this level for um, a few seasons or three four seasons until he starts uh, doing the eventual drop-off but uh, DeMar came into this year and from the first game um, his his ability to read defenses and his passing ability improved so much Um, you would never think that a player's uh, those two abilities could improve so much within one off season, But I think DeMar, um, I mentioned this uh, on the last podcast about how um, his work ethic is just so incredible. The guy plays basketball year-round. Basketball is the guy's life. It's what got him out of the situation he was in when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think DeMar, to me, was, was the most improved player um, simply because he, he took his game to a whole nother level. Um, I think he has a chance to be an all-NBA player again. And um, I think for how good the Raptors have been this year, uh, he's probably had one of the largest stamps on that because of the improvement of his play. Um, so that's why I had him number one.
1: Vivek, you had Pascal Siakam one, Valanchunas two, DeRozan three. What's the case for Siakam? Mm-hmm.
3: Case for Siakam is built up what he was last season. Right. His numbers in the starting unit when he was forced into it, the Jared Sollinger injury were pretty bad. Um, Became virtually unplayable by the end of the season. He goes to the D-League and he wins finals MVP. Whatever that did for his confidence, he carried that into this season. And one of the things that's pretty crazy to see in his numbers, uh, the advanced stats, is his assist percentage is up and his turnover rate is down, which is crazy to think of for a big man and especially with the way he passes the ball um you look at his individual moves where he's developed his own offense um something you know a former Raptor reserve could seemingly never do in his time here um and so all the things that he's brought to the team coming to the point where he could arguably be the third most important player for the Raptors in the playoffs Mm -hmm. um I think for me, it it, it had to be him. I, I completely understand where you're coming from with Jonas. I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's developed in terms of making reads out of the high post, in terms of adding the three-point shot and improving defensively as well. So I I think he's right there in terms of being, you know, one of the most improved players. Um, and Zahal, you know, Damar, I think, could be an automatic choice for so many of these awards. So... I guess I wanted to spread the wealth a little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, if I had to like make a bet as to who would win this award next season, I think I'd probably take Pascal because it seems like he's kind of on this upward trajectory at this point. Like this dude went from, as you mentioned, being one of the worst starters in the NBA to being uh, a guy who elicited a Zach Lowe hot take. <laughs> like that is a. Uh, that's quite the jump to make, and I totally agree. Like, this is a, this is probably the one I struggle with most. I think of all the awards, like there were so many deserving guys who didn't even get votes. Um, and Pascal's, I think his improvement might be the most important to the future of the Raptors as well, because like if he can kind of find a jump shot, and that's pretty much the only ingredient that, that's missing for him right now, aside from a little bit of refinement when he's you know working with the ball in his hands. Like, that dude can kind of unlock a different level of excitement and sort of a different ceiling for this team than I think maybe we thought was possible. Um, So, yeah, Pascal, very deserving third place. Probably could have been second or first. But congrats to Jonas Valanciunas on an awesome season. I think he deserves his due.
0: In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
1: Uh, let's get to the final award MVP. Let's uh, just. Eviscerate both Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan in order to make our individual cases and leave them both uh, just just riddled with shots taken at them. How about we do that? Uh, (laughs) Or let's not do that. Let's just recognize that they're both very good. Demar Derozan, unanimous uh, winner here. We all had him number one. All had Kyle to number two. Uh, Both Vivek and I had Jonas number three, and Saul had Dwayne Casey. He's not a player. That's cheating, but that's fine. We'll allow it.
2: Most valuable person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So here's my thing. Here's my reasoning for DeMar number one, and I'm sure you guys can chime in as well. Like, here's the thing. Kyle Lowry's still a better player than DeMar DeRozan. He's a better shooter. He's a better defender. He's still a better playmaker, although that gap is is closing, and, like, he's better at just a lot of the little things uh, than DeMar DeRozan is. I still think... You know this whole MVP thing, and it's gotten exhausting in the, the the large league-wide conversations as well. Like, I I feel like there is room for feelings when you have an MVP, and I think there's room for narrative when you have an MVP vote. While narrative is is sort of derided as this thing that you know betrays the numbers and doesn't really sort of come up with the best result all the time, I think there is an argument to be made that sometimes it's a good thing to have a narrative attached to why you give a player a certain award. Demar. You no, know, I think his three-point shooting was overstated this season. I think it, you know, it ended up what like around, around like 31%. Of, of course, the willingness to shoot them is kind of the bigger development there for him. His playmaking was excellent. He still had his issues defensively, but I do think He's very emblematic of what happened this season for the Raptors. He changed his style of play. His playmaking became so much better, so much more intelligent, and just sort of unlocked a whole lot of different things with the Raptors. And with Kyle Lowry taking a step back, there was more of an offensive burden placed on DeMar in certain you know, situations. And he mostly passed all those tests with flying colors. We talked about that game against the Bucks, where he was 17 of 29. Like He had a lot of very efficient games this season. And I think, again, while I think Kyle Lowry's a better player, still... I think DeMar just narratively probably is the MVP of this season. And, you know, the stats probably don't back it up. And I would get, they almost certainly don't back it up. But I just think you can have feelings when you're talking about this kind of award. I don't think you should totally throw it out and say, oh, just because this guy had more VORP, he's more valuable. I think there's nuance to it and I think there can be layers to it uh, that aren't all just analytically based. So DeMar DeRozan is my MVP. Uh, Sahal, anything to add to that argument?
2: Oh, man, you basically touch base on everything. (laughs) Um, DeMar, he's he's been so consistent this year. Um, I think he's, uh, in terms of his demeanor, he's a pretty quiet guy, but I think he's a a guy that leads by example. Um, Kyle Lowry's more of the guy that's the engine of the team, and he kind of gets guys going, gets in their face a little bit. DeMar's kind of like, watch me play, or... And uh, you, you're going to learn something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Demar, he's uh, like I said uh, when well, when I when I said he was the one of the most improved player, one of the most improved Raptors this year. Um, he's taken such a step forward this year, um, and I think uh, one of the things Demar I think was kind of low key, kind of angry about last year was when he made All NBA Third Team. Uh, there was a lot of fans nationally um, throughout the states that kind of were. Uh, disagreed with that. Um, there's so many good guards in the NBA, so it's um, nothing really to be worried about too much for DeMar DeRozan, but I think he saw that, and I think he saw a lot of people saying why DeRozan, and a lot of that had to do with um, the lack of national coverage, again, for the Raptors. Something that was completely different this year, I think the Raptors got a ton of national coverage, nothing that Raptors fans should be complaining about at all this season.
1: Yes, that that is so over, like there was
2: Lee Jenkins, there was podcasts, yeah just stop. Yeah, damn near everybody mentioned them this year um, at one point or another so um, I think Demar was just um, wanted to prove that hey I have another facet to my game, Um, I can still become a smarter player I can still um, teach these guys something and I think he did that this year Um, so many moments that people are going to remember from this season Um, the 52 point game the dunk on Tolliver um, the multiple 40 point games um, just uh, moments off the court I think um, for anyone who tunes into open gym here or there um, you, you get to see the type of person DeMar DeRozan is and um, it, I guess Raptors fans are just should feel very lucky I guess to have a person and a player like DeMar DeRozan on the team
1: very well said Vivek do you have anything to add uh, to DeMar's case
3: um yeah, I would just add the fact that he's doing this with what he's dealing with in his personal life yeah. uh, is just makes it all the more impressive. Um, I would say that I do think the Raptors are actually at a point with, with where DeMar is at with his game, with Kyle, where Kyle is at with his game, that the Raptors are actually a better team with DeMar as the primary playmaker and Lowry playing more off the ball. Mm-hmm. I think the results speak for themselves. Um, this is a guy who I firmly believe should be on the first team all nba um obviously injuries have played a factor with steph being i I, in my opinion now being ruled, ruled out of the possibility of being on that first team all nba same goes for kyrie um obviously harden's got that one spot locked up but um if you're looking at first team all nba it's between him and probably damian lillard i wouldn't even put westbrook up there just because of the Thunder season has gone. But so. triple-doubles, Vivek. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted story, Rooks. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, so, so, yeah, for me, this is a guy, you know, should be first-team all-NBA, and you look at where his game has come from uh, when he was drafted as a rookie, you know, just a raw athlete. You know, I've asked uh, Doc Rivers, and he said, You know it does surprise me and he got a good good look at him when he was with the Celtics he said it does surprise me to see where DeMar is at he is legitimately one of the best players in the league now Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's it it's a prideful thing as well you know to have someone that's uh invested so much into the city you know you can see how much he cares about not just the team but uh, the city as a whole and the fact that he wants to be a raptor for life you know this is something that raptors fans have waited for uh for someone to sort of just take the reins and say no i'm just gonna be here i am toronto and you know yeah. that, like you said with the with narrative matters and i think not to not to not to kill kyle, kyle lowry a little bit but let's face it when he came here you know he, he He didn't expect to be here long. Same Mm. thing, you know, going into this offseason, he made it pretty clear that he wanted to go to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you compare those things, Damar is the MVP of this team, hands down.
1: Well said, once again. uh, Just a note, we both had Jonas Valanciunas third. I think that speaks to how good Jonas was this year. Um, And I think that's like... We don't really have time to get into this because you guys got to split. But the the third best player on the Raptors this season is a very interesting question. Um, I kind of put out a straw poll on Twitter and I got back like a bunch of different responses. Some people said Ibaka. Some people said Jonas. Most people said Fred Van Vliet, which... I don't think I want to go quite that far, but uh, I can totally see the case for that as well. Um, so, shouts to Jonas for a very good season. His best season, I think, by far uh, as an NBA player and as a Raptor. So, um, good on him there for, for coming in third in the voting here. But, yes, congrats to DeMar DeRozan on winning the highest possible honor, the Locked On Raptors Team MVP Award. Um, and, uh, yeah, here's hoping there's more DeMar. There's definitely more DeMar to come. Uh, and he's a, he's a wonderful, very easy player to root for. And all the stuff he did off the court as well, like, you know, opening up about his depression and sort of starting those floodgates opening. Uh, also, I think they're not really on-court related, but still very important and valuable and uh, just a very easy dude to root for. And the Raptors as an organization are very easy to root for, and DeMar is a big part of that, so... Um, yeah, shouts to Demar, the MVP of the Raptors for this season. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter who else, what other outlets say who, what, where. Uh, Demar is the MVP because Locked On Raptors said it. Uh, that's yeah, so going to do it.
2: say one more thing. Yeah, take off. Uh, we're mentioning all these awards throughout these last two podcasts. I think we have yet to give Masai Ujiri some some serious credit for what he's done. Yeah. <laughs> he's just badass uh-huh. of the year, I think, is, uh, yeah, is the thing we yeah, can like, give if, him you could give him that award you could he's in the running again for executive of the year i think in my opinion um masai jiri and um uh, i think bobby webster have done an incredible job just building this team and just the little call-ups they've done all through all through the season um but jiri's done it again man. he's done it again
1: the decision to not do anything really in the off season turned out to be such a goddamn good decision yeah. um just, just excellent. So yeah, we'll, we might just have a Masai appreciation podcast at some point um, in the future. Uh, but guys, I want to thank you so much for sitting here with me for almost an hour and a half to do both these podcasts. Uh, Sahal, anything that you'd like to plug right now?
2: Um, I'm currently in probably one of the most busy times of the year for myself. Right. Uh, I got a school ending really soon, so I don't have as much content coming out as I much as I would have liked, but. Um, hopefully, in, in the next few weeks, with the playoffs starting up again, um, and have a couple features and a little 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 things going on. But um, you guys could always find me on Raptors Republic, um, and obviously on Twitter smd28.
1: Vec, uh, what about you?
3: Uh, yeah, I love a little thing just uh, recapping the nine o five season coming soon. So look out for that. They had, you know, shouts to them. Like, they do it again. Stackhouse does it again. Obviously, they lost in the G League finals, but to make it as far as they did um, with, frankly, a a much weaker roster uh, overall, uh, I think speaks to how good of a coach Stackhouse is, and he's probably not going to be around next
2: year. It's so bittersweet with Stackhouse, (laughs) man. I think uh, with another finals appearance, I think he's good as gone for the Raptors 9-5.
1: Put money down now on Terrence Ross for MVP with Jerry Stackhouse coaching him in Orlando next year. (laughs) Put it down.
3: Uh, I'll put a couple of down. <laughs> Stackhouse had the line of the night uh, yesterday post game, by the way. You know, gave a little shout out to his players and said, Ain't no way uh, E Leaguers should be making more than the G Leaguers. <laughs> yeah. That's that's
1: sure. I, I, I agree. We, that's a whole other podcast. Um... But yeah, shouts to the 905, Cherry Stackhouse, very good at his job. Um, and uh, hopefully he's not going anywhere, but he probably will. And congrats to him. Honestly, I hope he gets a job somewhere. That would be awesome for him. That would be yeah. uh, quite the cherry on top of a couple of great years for him. Uh, The cherry on top of this podcast would be me saying to go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Please do that. It takes no time at all. It very much helps with the algorithms and my ego and all that stuff. Uh, So thanks in advance for doing that. Uh, I'll be back again on Friday with a Locked On Crossover Playoff Preview with insert team here who the raptors are playing we're recording this on wednesday morning so we don't yet know if it's going to be the bucks heat or wizards but i will have a locked on crossover with the corresponding host on friday to tee up these series in a very in-depth way um so stay tuned for that and then uh post-game podcast on saturday probably after the game against the raptors i'm assuming it's saturday will be game one um but we'll see i suppose and uh we'll have podcasts from the acc throughout the playoffs after games and uh, I'm sure Vivek will hop on a few of those because he'll be at some of those games. Uh, thanks so much to everyone for listening. We'll be back again later on with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy the last game of the season. Or wait, this is on Thursday. So I hope you enjoyed the last game of the season. And uh, <laughs> don't be too scared of the playoffs. We'll uh, talk all out tomorrow. Uh, thanks, everybody. Cheers.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.